It's time for the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. This is the show for all you recruitment marketing rebels out there who are done with posting, prey, and recruitment funnels. Are you ready to bring real change to talent acquisition? Come for the voice of the candidate and stay for the snark. It's time for real talk from the front lines of the talent revolution with your hosts, Alin Bailey and Tracy Parsons. Ready, set, here we go. Hello, Tracy. Um, good Thursday morning to you. You're doing Indeed, good. Indeed, it is Thursday. I am doing good. You are. You I continue chipper. to press forward. Yes, you sound chipper today. Chipper is. I'm good. much more chipper. Yes. Yes. Not like and a. Wood I, I've reached not like a bird chipper. No, right. Yes. Wood chipper <laughs> is a different, totally different mode for me. Um, and I've reached the stage in quarantine where like my fingernails have grown so long that I had to physically clip them because I was creating typos on my computer. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and my husband has been threatening to cut everybody's hair. I don't know what that's all about. Um, I'm like, my hair's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you need to cut everybody's hair? What is it with you? I, I don't even know what that's all about. Yeah. Does it, it's just like, yeah. a, is it like a secret passion finally coming out for him? He's like, this is my chance. I've always wanted to be a hairdresser. Now they have to do it. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe. I did, I, I did go back to my natural hair color, which is dark brown. Um, oh. So that's been, that's, yeah. So I've got that going for me. Yeah. And uh, I think now he's inspired that, you know, he wants to do something with everybody else's hair. I'm like, nobody needs that. We're, we're, we're good. <laughs> Owen's like, yeah, I'm going to let mine grow out. I'm like, okay, nobody cares. Nobody right? cares. Go for it. Now's the time. It's experiment now. Go right yeah. on. Exactly. Yes. And that, my, I, my eyebrows are a complete disaster, but there's no way that I'm going into the salon. No. No. Well, the only place you could go into the salon apparently is starting tomorrow. You could do that in Georgia. Yeah. If you'd like, you could drive all the way to Georgia and um, have them socially distance while they try and um, do your eyebrows. I'm sure that'll work. Sorry. Got political. Couldn't help it. I, I don't, I don't. Yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> I, I don't even get it. I can't. I, right. I can't. I don't know. Anyway. So. Yeah. So here we go. I have, um, so we were just talking about how this is, we'll just prepare everybody ahead of time. This is a, um, we're spitballing this conversation today, mainly because, um, well, we've been in quarantine and, and all of our thinking is pretty much um, muddled, um, but, in a, but in an introspective, interesting way, which is the fun part of having much yep. too much time um, it, to sit and ruminate on things. So I was posing to, to Tracy and I um, would love to, to get your opinion on this. A few months ago, um, we, I was in a, at a group meeting and you know, we were talking about, you know, what is the next thing we could do as an organization um, to really advance um, candidate experience um, across our teams, right? And one of the challenges that we have, and I'm sure everybody has, right, is that, you know, in the day-to-day engagement that people have with with candidates and then the work that recruiters are doing with all best intent i am sure with all with all best intent um we we go too fast we don't spend enough time and we don't necessarily build 
you know, that sort of uh, positive relationship we would want to build with people. Forget, I, I mean, relationship's even a big word for that. Maybe positive interaction, right? Sometimes I, yes. I listen in and I hear people even like forget to say good morning to people. I mean, I, it's not that, I, I don't think, again, I don't think it's intentional. I, I, these are the same people who can sit down and have very robust conversations with me about the value of building relationships and connecting with people. And I think the intent is there. I think people get like super busy. And, and as you think about it, you think about those organizations or companies, right, that have really good customer service um, reputations. What is the one thing about them that you can always kind of rely on? And it's that no matter, who, you may get a one-off here or there, but really no matter who you engage with or where you engage with them, there's kind of this standard of um, behavior that is not only what's provided to you, but it then becomes your expectation, right? I use Disney as yep. my example on this all the time, right? I get on the phone and even if I have to do, you know, cancel my vacation yet again, which, you know, depressing for me, they still are very nice to me at the end and, and hand me my money back and tell me to have a magical day. And that makes me feel better. Right. Or, yep. you know, um, the, the, when I go through the park, the, the, they, they pick up the trash right? It's like these little bits and pieces that I can just expect out of a company. It becomes part of their brand and who they are. And it made me start thinking that one of the things that I think we're challenged with is how do we create this, this brand identity for organizations in the recruiting space that is around um, the service that we provide to candidates, right? Um, that, that level of um, expectation. And if we do it right, if, if there starts to become the right level of expectation, can it actually become the thing that propels your employer brand forward, right? I start to, um, I know that when I engage, whether in person or digitally or um, with a hiring manager or with a recruiter or um, uh, to fill out a form with a particular company, with that same company, I'm going to get the same level of experience from them, the same sense of feeling warm and fuzzy when I'm done with it. Um, and it's all based on kind of their customer service and how they interact. And does that start mm -hmm. to become uh, their brand? And, and does that also start to become their expectation? And, and can, you, can you certify that? Can you look at that and say, we once we know what that is and we're creating and everybody's on board with delivering it this becomes the bill of rights the thing we're going to say we're going to give to candidates and when we don't we'll do just like pizza hut does and refund your money right your pizza shows mm -hmm. up cold we'll replace it with one that works right um how do we take that same sort of concept and help build a sense of really good customer service that, that propels brands forward that was my long rambling discussion, but that's, I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that there's a couple different things, right? So there's, there's obviously a bill of rights and what people can expect. You know what I mean? Like this mm -hmm. is, this is the right that you have as a candidate within our organization. And this is what we intend to do. And if you look at, you know, if you look at some of the consumer bill of rights, um, which is actually a thing, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're talking about things like right to safety, right to be informed, right to choose, right to be heard. Um, right to satisfaction of basic needs, right to redress, education, healthy environment. Those are those are your Canada. Those are your consumer bill of rights. This actually exists in the world, and I think that there there are things that we could use from that as springboard. But the other thing I'm hearing you saying is there's there's another level to that that is a little bit more 
um, soft and basic, and it could be just something as simple as a service level agreement. And I, I say those words like you'll see when you're working with a vendor, they all have SLAs, right? Service level agreements. If this is happening to you in our relationship, we will do these following things. And you can expect this type of response. And so I was actually working with a customer a couple weeks ago to develop a service level agreement for their recruiters and sourcers. And they are required to, you know, either they're required to respond and uh, move people forward through the process within 48 hours. Um, so we've started to develop some service level agreement um, basics for actually a customer of mine who's very concerned with candidate experience, very concerned with their employer brand. And they know that they have to have their recruiters and hiring managers on board with this SLA, right? So that they oh. can deliver the service level that they think is reasonable and responsible to candidates. Now, that's one step in this equation as far as I'm concerned, right? So if we all agree that we should have some level of service or some bill of rights for our candidates, we need to develop and sell those internally. We need to make sure everybody's on board. But then where the rubber meets the road is being intentional about communicating those bill of rights, those rights, that service level agreement to our candidates. And so what I was sharing with the customer, I was like, once we get everybody on board with this service level agreement, we need to publish that on your website. Right. We need to get a link to that to, in every single communication so that our candidates know that not only are we saying this, that we are, that we are living this, and where I think we're going to have some trouble is where we get into the consequence, like you mentioned, right? So if Pizza Hut does not deliver you the right pizza, you get one free. Now, I don't know what we can do in terms of if we, you don't get the job, you get one free. I, I don't know how that works, <laughs> but that's where, I get, that's where I get really lost. Like, And I think, I think earlier this year, I was uh, speaking at uh, TA Week, and I mentioned off, you know, off the cuff that you know, there needs to be some level of lemon laws and work. Um, because when we oversell the brand in the front end of the experience, and it's not the real employee experience, I should be able to leave your company after two months if I can prove that it was not what you sold me, and you should have to pay me for six months. Um, so there's, you know, again, is that going to work? Is that going to get traction? No, but it's something that we need to be thinking about as an organization, because right now we are in a trickeration nation when it comes to a lot of employer brands and trickeration was, seriously trickeration that's an awesome word trick, sorry trickeration nation right now yeah uh, in the employer brand space this is this is what we're doing like we're talking about how everything is joyful and how everything is sunshine and roses and it's not and then somebody when i was having this conversation pointed out he's like yes yeah, a lot when you get the demo for the software and it's one thing <laughs> and then when you actually start using the product it's not what you saw no, no, no. It's and well, no. It's like oh my god. It's 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 the same thing. I'll I'll make it even more. Bright. So, um, we've been house hunting lately, right? Uh -huh. And of okay. course, I'm yeah. completely uh -huh. into um um. I've decided I want a new build, right? And it doesn't take long. I mean, I know we all realize this, but it's so annoying. So I go in and look at these models, right? And they're exactly what I want, right? And I start thinking, I like this. I'm like, well, what's the price? And I got the base price. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, if you want that nook over there or that countertop or that, right, here's all of the upsells, right, into the process. So everything is like a, um, 
it's we sell people on the dream with everything working perfectly and all the upsells in place and then we deliver them the basic product and the basic product you know it's like you know maybe or maybe not it'll have insulation in it i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. um yeah so, so it's a lot of, so it's a lot to unpack here. What I'm hearing us talk about is, is it, it's actually about expectations um, and the consequences for not meeting expectations and the benefit of setting expectations and meeting them consistently, right? So it's like, it, oftentimes we kind of think about expectations as um, a way to hold people um, accountable right? If you don't meet these expectations, then I don't know, you get a bad performance review or your metrics are going to look bad or, you know, uh, somebody's going to stand up and make you um, share how you're going to, you know, do your action plan to fix it. These are all things people hate to do, right? But on the flip side... Yeah, they are. I started to get, I, I, I swear my watch just alerted me that I needed to breathe after hearing that. <laughs> You're like, what? Ah. My watch is like, you need to take a breath now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Go. Oh my God, I know. Okay, but right on the flip side, if you have expectations and you meet them consistently and you start to become... Um, if, if the expectation is almost more intrinsic than extrinsically motivated, right? Then it starts to become part of who you are, what you're, what you represent out to the world, and that is really what your brand is. Oh my God, I just connected something. Mm-hmm. Okay, I made I made like the psychological connection for myself. It is the difference between how getting everybody to. Um, start to execute from an intrinsic motivator versus an extrinsic motivator. It's not about whether or not you get punished or reprimanded for not meeting the expectation. It is about your deep desire to want to meet the expectation because that's just who you are. And people and customers can tell the difference. Yes, every time. Interesting. Problem solved. Okay, well, just maybe it's not. It's not because now it opens up the next piece of the challenge, which is, right? Can you artificially create an environment which starts to build the muscle for an intrinsic motivation to meet those expectations by making people act as if they're already doing it? Right. So when you talk about right, when you talk about take that take those SLAs, take those brand expectations, take those experience expectations and publish them, make them visible, make people know mm-hmm. about them. Um, mm-hmm. the con- you talked about the consequence of that being, oh, what do you do if you don't meet them, right? Mm-hmm. I immediately thought about the psychological consequence of if that starts to become how you articulate who you are, do people just start acting that way because? Like, does it... Like, do you, do you start to eliminate the need to convince people that's how they should behave and they start doing it because that's what their brand is doing? Like, do you meet, do you meet the expectations that are, that are, that people reflect back on you or do you meet the expectations you set for yourself? Well, I think it's an interesting chicken and egg conversation, right? And if you, if you are the kind of company that is going to set forth your SLA for your candidates or for your customers, right? If you're putting it out there, like your example of Disney, right? They put it out there. This is who we are. You are going to 
attract people who are intrinsic, intrinsically aligned to those guidelines, to those service levels, to those rights. Right. So then it becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy that this is what we stand for. This is how we treat people. This is what it means to work here. So you're going to attract people that align with that value. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's a really interesting um, space. Do we know, are there any, I would love if people would share with it. Are there any companies out there that you know today that are doing this in the candidate space really well? That are, that are being really public and pushing out there what the candidate experience is that they're going to, that they're going to produce and creating some sort of commitment expectation. So my mind, my mind goes directly to uh, CVS right now. They're doing some really remarkable things. Yeah. Um, from a candidate experience and brand standpoint, because they're really under fire to add staff. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they're being very intentional and purposeful on how they treat people. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that that might be a good example, kind of a shining beacon. Maybe we have Carrie Noon come on and talk about what they're doing um, in a future in a future episode. So Carrie, look for us to hit you up if you're listening to this. Um, CVS comes to mind. And there were a couple, I think years ago, um, one of the, the scripts, uh, companies uh, in uh, Express Scripts, um, they were one of the early uh, companies that I saw that had, it, it's so basic, but so smart because it was very differentiated. They had on their website, their hiring process, and it was pretty darn detailed. And it was, you know, and, and, and it gave people some tips on how to be a good candidate. And, um, but I want to see that reflected from the inside out as well, right? Which is how I think these, you know, again, you have a process that's great. Um, I support that you publish your process. You make sure that people know how they're going to flow in. Um, but even better, if, you know, I'm, I'm a big weirdo and collecting feedback in a strange way, but what makes that even better if you can start putting service levels around those steps, right? So if you're publishing your hiring process um, and it says you're going to go through an application, in that application, tell people how long that application takes. Yeah. In that in that posting, like this application is going to take you 60 minutes, six minutes, whatever, set that expectation. You're going to need to provide these kinds of things. So be prepared for that. And we commit to you to give you a status update within 48 hours, right? So it's one thing to publish what your process is. It's another thing to po post your accountability in that process which is exactly what we're talking about. I completely agree. So let's let's brainstorm for a second. When you're working with these other companies, you're thinking about it. What are the things, you're right, it's challenging. You mentioned it before, to come up with what are the things that we can actually do as reciprocity for, or, or as, um, as, uh, as consequence when we don't meet the expectation that we set forth, right? So you're right. We're not going to say you didn't get the job, so you know, have one for free. I mean, I, I mean, I, maybe, maybe, maybe that could be like a whole marketing campaign for a, a big volume hire <laughs> who's got oh um, take it and run. That'd actually be hilarious. Um, <laughs> but right. what about like, that? you know, um, you didn't get any feedback from, how about this? The simplest one. Okay. I, if Taco Bell can remember that the, the clerk at Taco Bell, when they hand me my burrito, um, actually it's not a burrito that I'm ordering. It's a chalupa just to be clear, in case anybody's uh, going to order chalupa. one for me, it's going to be a chalupa. But when they hand me my chalupa, right, and they say, thank you very much, and they hand me my receipt right then, and they circle it, and they say, 
call, you know, please go here and submit how your experience was, right? If they can take the two seconds to do that, right? Can we in our process take the two seconds to say, um, go here and tell us how you feel about this experience right at that moment? And when people don't feel good about it, can we respond to them and find out why and do something to make it right? Like, what is it that we could do to make it right? If somebody didn't provide so, feedback, what do we do to make it right? Yep. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, that's one of the hardest things. And I will watch everybody when they listen to this conversation, go directly and turn their chairs and look at compliance. Well, we can't say anything. We can't give people real feedback because we might get sued. And I always look at that as the most wonderful cop-out, right? It is the most wonderful cop-out. But if I'm correct, we seem to be getting a supreme amount of artificial intelligence and machine learning in our industry. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one of the, here's, here's one of the things that I've always combated, combated that, that responsible. Well, we can't do that because of, because of compliance. Okay. But you know what? Why don't you throw a little machine learning and AI on that applicant pool mm-hmm. and tell everybody that the selected candidate had 6.4% more experience than you, or that they had, um, these skills, like you look at LinkedIn. So if you go to LinkedIn, and I don't know what made me see this not too long ago, um, but if you click on a job on LinkedIn, it'll tell you what your profile is missing that this profile of this rec has. So I know that I don't meet all the qualifications. Well, why can't we just send that out to our candidates? You are missing these three things. If if we weren't, if we did not read the tea leaves appropriately, because we all recognize that the resume is a weird ass document. Right. If we did not read the tea leaves correctly, please go in and update your profile to get the, the things that are missing, you know, for this role. And while this role is fixed, maybe our, maybe our remedy is that we put you at the top of the slate for the next opening. I don't, I don't know if that's the right answer. There's probably a lot of problems with that. Because again, we're just spitballing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But interesting, interesting. But, I, so but one of the one of the things that we could offer people is real feedback. Right. Right. And use our machines to do that. Right. I think you've got. So here's what's interesting. I was I was not with you when you were talking about. Here's how you rank percentage wise. I was with you when you said, "Can we be clear and say?" These were the skills we were looking for. We were able to attribute these skills to you. These we did not see. In the future, um, if you have these skills, please update your update here so that we know that, right? That's, that's just like smart um, data management and collection, which is like really good yeah. and very, very tangible and practical. When you start doing the percentage thing, then you start getting into, I, I just, my guess, my gut reaction is you're going to get into a whole bunch of legal mumble jumble. Maybe not, but I just don't even want to, I don't even want to have to go and have that conversation with our compliance people. Now the other one, I know. And then your, your phone buzzed and said, you needed to breathe. I did. I was like, I was like, no, no. where are you going with this? That seems bad. That seems bad. I don't think we can do that. No, 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 no. We can't tell people the truth. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> we can't admit our flaws. That would be horrible. Uh-huh. But what you just said is a win-win for everybody, right? Um, right. And I like that. 
that's that's very tricky, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I mean, what would let me at a basics, right? Imagine if, um, imagine if um, somebody is in the middle of our process or sitting in our pipeline, right? Like for me, one of the commitments I would like to be able to say that we do, and I I know we're not there yet, and I know that. This is a struggle for us, but I would love to be able to make a commitment that says um, we're going to we want to engage with you um, on a regular basis. So that says, you know, if you don't hear from us um, um, within the next you know month while you're sitting in our pipeline, even if it's not about a particular job, then we want you know, that's not good. Right. We should be we should be connecting with you. Tell us that we didn't ask you anything this month. Right. Um, I think that that helps us get better at it, but so I, yeah, yeah, it's just really hard to to do that. Okay, so one of the consumer bill of rights is the right to be informed. It's actually the second one. Yeah. <laughs> so if we were to build a candidate bill of rights, I think that might want to be the first one. Right, the right to be um, informed because yeah. we are terrible at informing people, and I've been talking about this for well over a year, like probably two years. So, and I always tell people in the room because all the people in the room that I'm talking to are in this space and people that are in this space have a very, very keen understanding of how long it actually takes to go through candidates and leads and sourcing and pipelines. So when that wreck starts, right, that we, we know that it takes 30 to 60 days to fill that wreck. And we also know that the average candidate is on the market for seven to 10. Well, probably not right now, um, but back in the day when we had jobs, um, they, they, they were on the market for a very short window of time. And so when I would talk about this, I was like, we have firsthand knowledge of how long this stuff actually takes. Now, I want people to think back to the last time they applied for a job. And if you didn't hear anything in the first 72 hours, the first three days, uh-huh. what was your assumption? Your, your assumption is you're out. Uh, my assumption is I'm out. Actually, my assumption is, is that, um, uh, yes, that I'm out or they're, they've, they've already moved on with their, somehow they have, they didn't even see me. I'm just out. Correct. And Alin, right. you know how this works. They don't yeah. know how this works. Yeah. So, so the fact that we know how this works yeah. and we all still feel that way points to how unbelievably mired in anxiety this entire thing is. So when I go back to this concept of the right to be informed, I went to this concept with one of my very initial concept, uh, customers when I went back to working for myself after Smashfly. And I went in and I redesigned a candidate experience for Children's Mercy. And one of the things I pointed out was this exact point. All of you know how long this takes, yet all of you know that you feel like you're out if you don't know anything. So what they actually did is, and, and it, it takes time, right? There is man hours involved, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but every recruiter that has an open rec emails every person that's in a hold status, emails them in mass to say, it's not you, it's us. Yeah. You're still in the running yeah. and please stay tight. We're still here. Here's some interesting things that we're doing at Children's Mercy, but please just hang tight. Yeah. They've yeah. seen their sentiment increase significantly. And this is already a, a brand that has high sentiment. Um, across their con- consumer and candidate pools, because I mean they're saving babies, so that's not hard. Um, but but the way they're treating their candidates is the way that they treat their patients. 
right? If you, if you don't, if you go for a week without hearing anything from the doctor, you're terrified. Right, you're sitting there going, I have another customer that's, I know, I have another customer that we're working on automating these communications that if Canada is in hold on this rack, send this communication every single week. We can do that. Yeah. But we don't get, we, there's, there's tools. We have tools. We have tools. We have technology. And it goes back to like, I was reading that wonderful Mark Andreessen post last week about we have, and now is the time to build you guys. Now is the time to build. Now is the time to build processes in TA in recruiting that informs our candidates what the heck is going on. And it doesn't have to be super detailed, but it has to be, hey, it's taken longer than we expected. We still think you're cool. Hang tight. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, and we can do this. We can do this. I just get a get, We can do this I, tomorrow. We can do this tomorrow. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I get a, I, so this is, you know, I, I, I posed this topic and was even thinking as I did it, that this exists out there, but you're right. There is a consumer bill of rights. Why can't we just translate this directly into a candidate bill of rights? Right. Yeah. We could do this. What, what is, what is preventing us? Okay. What is preventing us um, that we might actually have to execute to what we say we're going to do? Yeah. That scares the crap out of people. Which is why we started with something small with Children's Mercy. Like, just send them an email. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't have to. There's no accountability there. It's just hang tight. Now, the the gap here, where I hear pushback all the time, is that um, people are like, well, then they they think that we're slow. I'm like, but you are are slow. slow. But you are slow. They already know that. They know. (laughs) I like that. And being accountable to you. Being accountable to your speed makes you almost charming. <laughs> oh, I love it. This is actually one of my favorite things because you know what? It's this must be this is a this is a corporate thing, right? In particular. That yep. and, and it's across everything. This this idea that if you don't say that something exists that everybody can see in front of them, that somehow it doesn't exist. Right? Correct. Yeah, watched a presidential yeah. press conference anytime recently. If you just don't say, no, it, I don't do there. that. <laughs> I don't. I'm aware that it occurs. <laughs> that it's there, but it is not for me. Oh my god, that's hilarious! You're right. We got to get over it's, ourselves. We got, and if you know what, get over yourself. You are slow. It's fine. You are slow. It's like I, I'm. A, I'm a runner. But I might as well be walking. I know I'm slow. It's not. It's not news to me. I also know that I'm older than most people. It's not. A, it's. I don't care. Like you guys, it's just a fact. It's just a fact, right? It is. I, I have. I. I. I wear large size jeans. Not a secret. Like this is just how it works. Just this is where I'm at. This is who I am. Exactly. That moment. You know what? And, and, and um, I think there's that moment, right, for um, many of us when we start to become kind of self-actualized. You can think about kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, uh-huh. I, I would tell you my experience has been um, for women at some time in that, you know, late 40s, early 50s range where we all kind of go, ha, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. 
because I just this yeah, is who I am, and if you're not right, so what we're saying to companies is. It's time for you to reach um, past your midlife crisis and just become the middle-aged women we know you are. Just say it. Just admit you're slow and fat. It's fine. It's okay. We're all all wearing mom jeans together. Let's go. Own your mom jeans. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Pair them with a nice cute pair of sneakers and you're going to be gold. It's good. And because we are now at the point where we all realize that it is about the comfort of the shoes, not necessarily how high the heel is. Because you know what? Okay, so I'm still not there. I apologize in advance. Oh my gosh. You know, you are so just missing. The day you give it up is a, is a miraculous moment. You feel you're going to. No, no, no. See, I use the shoes and the handbags as a distraction <laughs> from the jean size. So there's that. Look I think I think I made a low. I think a low. I think Alyn just did an official spit take on the pause. Um, okay, but let's go. Like, so if okay. we also think about other candidate yes. bill of rights. Yeah. I you touched on this. I love the idea of right to be heard. And I think Talentigy did a study uh, last year that where they did a bunch of surveying around the candidate experience. Right. And what was what struck me about that study is how frequently the ability to give feedback is to our candidate audience. Huge. They want to be heard. They want to be heard. Yeah. And it's so crazy that that every communication that comes out from your company does not include a link to a feedback form, that that feedback form then goes on that candidate record and your recruiters gather all that feedback and do something with that information. Like there's an opportunity to not just be a one-way street of information. Let's be a two-way street of information. Right. Again, and this goes to my like, you know, rant I can get forever. A relationship requires interaction (laughs) that has two-way engagement. Otherwise, you're just like, you know, you're monologuing, you're monologuing, right? You know, the other thing, this is, um, so when I started back in this, uh, space, what feels like a decade ago, probably was even that long ago, but, um, or worse longer. I don't remember. Um, one of the first, um, pieces I was really, um, uh, spending a lot of time analyzing, uh, the candidate experience candy awards, um, the survey data that we were getting. And they were talking a lot mm-hmm. at this time, really being vocal about the fact that candidates clearly say that the number one thing that impacts their experience or how they feel about their experience is whether or not they feel like they got a chance to get up to bat. And what did that mean? Yep. Having a chance to get up to bat meant having a chance to have their say. The simplest thing, like asking somebody during the interview, is there anything else you want me to understand about you? rather than us just telling them what we want to know, change the entire Mm -hmm. dynamic of the relationship. So Mm -hmm. this idea of I have a right to be heard follows across this whole place. Okay, so we've got, I have a right to be heard. I have a right to feedback. I have a right to what else? What else do I have a right to? I have a- Be informed. I also like the idea of um, education. Uh Uh-huh. And I would, so that's a right to right of consumer education, which comes from the Consumer Bill of Rights. But for me, as a candidate, I'd like a right to honesty. And this is where I think we get into, this is a little bit harder, which this is, should be down the list. Let's, let's get our basic blocking and tackling done. 
but I would like, I would like a right to honesty. So it goes back to that demo versus product conversation. Right. And I will, and I will point to um, one of the, one of the, I just love what Rackspace, um, the, the server farm folks, the server people um, did on their blog. So they, they exited their CEO and the CEO told him why I'm leaving, wrote a post on why I'm leaving. Uh-huh. Right. This is what's going on. Um, people want to know the good, the bad and the ugly. Like, and this goes back to like the right to choose that as a consumer, like we, we all need jobs like that. That's a thing that we all need. Right. We all need to be able to afford to feed our families and have a roof over our head. So that that means that we all need jobs. And I'm not saying that our job has to be part of our identity or has to be a calling like those amazing people that are saving pe- that are saving us from from the virus like that is a calling you you get into nursing sure. and medicine because you are called to it um i'm talking about you know the people that are working at the grocery store who are also saving our asses um that's not a calling that's a job and they they deserve a right to honesty about what that job actually is and what the company actually stands for and when you see a lot of employer brand content out there it is very rosy. It is very sunny. It is very um, yeah. inspirational, right? right? It's not. It's not real, right? right? It's. It's not. It's not true. It's not honest. It sells like most good marketing sizzle does, um, but you can't return a job. No, so we should have a right to honest looks into the good, bad, and the ugly of a company and decide if that's going to be okay for us. Right. And that's only fair because we want honesty in return. Yes. What do we do? Okay, let's think about it. And you know what I'm thinking about? Think about this. So the, the person that slightly fudges their resume, oh my God, nobody does that, I'm sure. Right? Everybody does that. <laughs> Everybody yep. does that, right? Um, if we're not happy with them, what's one of the first things HR goes and does? Takes a look at that. Let's go verify that. Let's do right. A couple of things are going to happen. One, we'll kick them out of our process and act like, oh my God, I can't believe they didn't like, they weren't completely honest with us. Or And then we'll sometimes turn, we even shame them and put them online right. and do those things, which is exactly, terrible. Exactly, exactly. Or we'll turn around and fire them after we've hired them, right? So we're giving, we as companies have a return policy, right? We say, yep. right, you weren't honest. But we don't offer that up to we don't offer that up to people very well. I mean, okay, here's an idea. But yeah, what if we what if part of our bill of rights we offer when we interview people or when we when we get to the interview stage? I mean, even it, if we can get it earlier, that'd be great. What if we published references? <laughs> <laughs> well, our references. Yeah, well, people are going to say that we do. They're going to say that we do. That's what Glassdoor is. That's what. Right, those are our references, aren't they? No, because I've re- I've interviewed over a hundred silver medalists in the last year, and they don't believe anything that's on Glassdoor. I'm sorry, Glassdoor, please don't string me up. Um, but they they if anything, they'll read the threes, and they typically candidates typically use Glassdoor to find salary information, even though that they know it is not completely accurate. That's what they use Glassdoor for. Um, so yeah, we can talk about those being recommendations and references. Um, but the, the, the candidate audience views those in a very jaded way. 
that would be interesting. I, yeah, that's, a, it, that's an interesting data point. And I think it leads to this challenge, which is just the same challenge everybody has today with, I have today with candidate references, right? You give the references, mm-hmm. they're going to give you a good reference. I mean, how Absolutely. do we get that? So we'd have to work a way to get around that. But yes, this idea that you, you should have an ability to understand the reality. And, and then we have to figure out a way to be honest. And honesty, again, it's a lot like owning your mom jeans, right? This isn't about yeah, saying, uh-huh. this isn't about judgment on it. It just is, right? It, it just, just is. is. Right. Um, and, and, and let's talk about the hard days at work. Right. Right. There's nothing where, look, it's work. You have to pay us to go. It's just, <laughs> it is, it is what it is. Right. Exactly. You have to pay me to show up. Right. And so it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm donating my time and my, it. and my energy and my skills. You got to pay me, exactly. right? So, so there's, there's, there's gotta be a way to talk about the hard parts, right? I, I, and I sometimes agree. Every right. company has their hard parts yeah. and they're not all the time. And I think that, I think this goes back to sometimes we think candidates are dumb uh, until we, until we hire them, then they're the smartest people in the room. Um, but they're not dumb. Like they know that if you go in and talk about, um, that, you know, the hard part about this job or this company is X, Y, Z, and here's how I deal with it. And here's how I manage it. That's just an extra layer of intelligence that I'm going to bring to the table so that I can be successful at your company and stay longer. Absolutely. All of this is about staying longer. It is. It is about, okay. And it goes down to this fundamental idea that it is about built. It's about fit, right? I have to fit to you and you have to fit to me. And when we fit together, we make a beautiful symbiotic relationship. And aren't we awesome together? Right. And we're going to have our hard days and our good days, but that's how we build something that's meaningful. There is no difference between, um, the, the, the work relationship and the candidate relationship than, than the person-to-person relationship. When you think about it in terms of what it takes to feel connected and, and to feel engaged and to deliver. I am, I'm hoping that people are um, uh, grasping where we're going with this idea. I, I, I want to take us back to kind of round us out in this conversation. I think we've got a couple of good ideas. I know other people have been talking Bill of Rights. I'd love to hear what other people are thinking about candidate Bill of Rights in this space. I, I also think there's still, there's something to this idea that if you can do this well, it can serve as a catalyst to align your teams so that they feel like they have an identity, who they are, what they do to deliver out there and, and, and to create a sense of pride for them. It can create your, it can be your employer brand. It can be, it is the commitment to who you are. It is the execution of all the fancy words. What are we going to do? Yeah, it's, the, it's the value proposition. It's the, it's the truth. That's right. Right. It's the truth. Right. And and it is, and I think it is fundamental to help us move from um, marketing spin to um, really being sex self-actualized and delivering out there to um, what we say we're going to do. And 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 it will mean we create deeper, longer, more meaningful connections, which is always a good That's thing. right. Oh, and your mom, Jean. Own your mom jeans. That's the quote. Co- I hashtag own your mom jeans. 
I swear to God, that's going to be the title of this podcast. Own your mom jeans. Uh, this has been fun. I, I <laughs> thank you guys. Everybody's so good. And those of you who continue to listen to us, um, <laughs> appreciate it. You know, shockingly, Tracy. You know, we're getting more listeners and less, which is kind of funny. I, I personally, it is right. I am, I am, um, I am starting to think that people just want to um, to have real talk that's not scripted and structured, and um, there's a value to that. So we hope you're enjoying it and you engaged with it. We are. Um, uh, last little note here, Tracy. We have got to figure out how to do another um, uh, uh, another um, happy hour. Um, with, with yeah. people, so we need to. So, um, but I think I would be really interested in having people we don't usually talk to um, come and chit chat with us. So, um, you don't have to be a big social media presence or feel like you, you know, everybody's reading your blog post or whatever. But if you think you've got something interesting to say, or if you just want to come and hang with us um, for an hour, um, and you're interested in talent acquisition and recruitment marketing, um, ping us at Alin Bailey or at T Parsons. Um, tell us what you think about anything we've talked about or anything related to talent acquisition and recruitment marketing. Um, and we'd like to talk about having you come in and be part of our unscripted, unvarnished, unapologetic mom jeans type of conversation around talent acquisition <laughs> and recruitment marketing. Have a fabulous um, day, Tracy, and rest of your week. Have a fabulous day, everybody else. Bye. Take care, everybody. Bye. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. Um, Tracy and I, as always, had a fabulous time um, chatting this week. We hope you had a good time listening. If you did, please feel free to share this podcast with your friends, colleagues, and, and family even. That'd be awesome. Um, you can reach us and listen to us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Podbean, just about any place you can find podcasts. We're there, RM Rebelcast. Um, you can also reach out directly to Tracy and myself. We'd love to chat with you. You can reach me at Alin Bailey on the Twitters or reach Tracy at T Parsons. Have a fabulous week, everybody, and stay safe.
the Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.